Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And Brett, the surprise of no one except maybe the most, well, let's say stupid ASU fans out there, Arizona claimed the Territorial Cup once again, 59-23, where I think the, the result of this game, I mean, Arizona fans expected it. ASU fans are just like, well, it's not as much as 70-7, to and that's all they have going for them because Arizona beat the crap out of them, dominated basically for what, 55 minutes of this game? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I was I was thinking back and I was re-watching a little bit. At, you know, we were at the game and it could have been even worse if Arizona had scored the touchdowns at the end of the first half or made the field goal at the end of the first half. Or yeah, right? dropped it. Jacob Kelling dropped a touchdown. Beautiful bye by Fafita. Fafita threw an interception at the goal line. That's more points that were left. You know, And I, no, it, this was a blowout, right? I mean, it, it, it was laughable, this game. Yeah. And... It, I've, I've never experienced anything like that, especially in a game, you know, a rivalry game like this. Yeah, I'm just looking at the stats. Uh, literally doubled the yards per play, even though ASU got had some success on the ground, got 224 yards, doing all the various forms of the Wildcat that they don't want to call it that. Uh, but yeah, just complete domination. I mean, no Fafita set a record for passing yards in any game, not just the Territorial Cup with what, like 527, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, Arizona has 619 total yards. The the defense when they uh, when they tightened up on the on the running game when they wanted to, especially in the first half after that first drive, I mean, they they were looking great. Dalton Johnson had a great game. Gunnar Maldonado had a great game. Uh, you know, Warnell had a great sack, mm-hmm. and that was almost that was almost a fumble. Uh, I mean, it was just it was a it was a whooping, and it yeah, it know, was expected it, though, right? It was hard to be like yeah. it wasn't. Like we all had a great time. Arizona fans had a great time in this game. It wasn't a great football game. You know, it was an absolute blow. I mean, it was 38 to seven at halftime, 52 to seven before ASU got a couple of, I mean, garbage time was 45 minutes worth of this game. So it's hard to say that everything they did was in garbage time. Once Arizona kind of subbed in some defensive guys, got some players in there. I mean, it's to ASU's credit, I guess they didn't really quit, but to their detriment, they didn't have really that many good players. And this one in Arizona did what they've done through that entire winning streak, and that's just come to work, right? They didn't show up thinking that they're just going to win just by being there. They played their game. They played hard. And Arizona didn't make mistakes in this game, right? Like, Fafita was brilliant through much of the game through one bad interception. By the way, he was brilliant. Jacob Cowing dropped an easy touchdown towards the end of the first half, and Tyler Loop missed a field goal. And, of course, Arizona's defense did give up a touchdown on ASU's opening drive. So it wasn't like Arizona played the best game ever. Like, this wasn't fluky. This wasn't, like, it was just Arizona was a much better team than ASU and played like it. Like, and probably this was ASU's bad. You know, they were missing some guys, and they were just bad. But Arizona's a good team that did to a bad team what a good team should do to a bad team. Well, I'll even take it a step farther that this game was over before it started. Um, you know, to really go back to even a couple of years ago or, or, or at the start of the year for ASU, you know, building culture, right? Mm-hmm. Arizona, like you said, Arizona's guys showed up, showed up to work and executed and had fun doing it. Right. And that aligns with all of the, you know, the, the culture things that Jed Fish talks about, including joy is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, ASU's starting quarterback was out suspended for the first series because he showed up late to a meeting you know, They're like the big time cup. freshman quarterback who this will be his first game action since like the second week of the season. Yeah. And I, and I say that not to, you know, I mean, kind of to besmirch ASU, but it's just it's just telling me that this is where these, these programs are in two diff- very different places right now, not just talent wise, but culture wise. And I think Dillingham's trying to build the right culture, but that's hard to do when you don't have the don't have the guys. You got a lot of freshmen. Um, and you're not winning, right? It's it's a lot it's a lot easier to maintain culture when you're winning than it is to build it when you're losing, right? Um, but I I just 
those little things, it's like our signs of the big things. And I think that shows up on the field and it's, it's a, it's been a magical season for, for uh, this year's team, you know, nine and three. And like, it's, it's not, it, you know, I think when we talked about it in the, in the preseason, you know, I think we both picked seven wins. We thought eight wins would things go right. And like, I think I even said, if you have like a magic season, maybe you get to nine. And they did, and it doesn't—it doesn't even feel fluky. It's just they, no. they, it wasn't—it wasn't breaks. It was just they're just—they're—they're they're better and getting better with each week. Yeah, and the funny thing is, they got nine wins, and of course, they did not make the Pac-12 championship game because Oregon beat Oregon State, and I mean, you know, Oregon's probably the best team in the conference. They deserve to be in that game. Washington, of course, is still perfect in the Pac-12, so I don't have any like, complaints about that. I'm fun if Arizona got a chance to play Washington. I think they could have beat Washington, especially the way they're playing now. But when we talked about what Arizona's ceiling was this season, or even what their floor was, it was like, well, if everything goes right. And we assumed there'd be some close, fluky wins. But not everything went right the way we thought it would. You know, Jay and Delore did not play great, and he got hurt. Michael Wiley got hurt, right? <laughs> like, some of these things, like, Montano Mona's Craig wasn't coming in. He wasn't a Dorian Singer replacement. Like, the way we thought Arizona would get to nine wins was certainly not like this, but this is how they got there with a defense that got better every week, with an offensive, especially once Fafita came in, just, I think they, they found their groove. You know, he played really, really well. And the nice thing in this game, the ASU game, and granted, ASU couldn't cover T-Mac, like no one can, but ASU wasn't covering anybody down the field. But Fafita threw the ball down the field, which made some really good throws to T-Mac. The one that Cowing dropped was a gorgeous deep ball. You know, not going 60 yards, but 40 yards down the field, 45 yards down the field. And that's something they haven't done this season. It's nice to see that that is in the arsenal when the game calls for it. But yeah, this was the, I mean, it does, it, <laughs> I feel like most times if we said, oh, Arizona got to nine was they could get to 10 with the bowl game. just looking like the Alamo bowl. Like that's the culmination of what they've been building towards. And I'm not sure it is. Cause it almost seems too soon. Like we were expecting this season next year, maybe the year after this was supposed to be the seven win season, right? The seven win, maybe when your bowl game, you get to eight. And then next year is when you compete for nine, 10, maybe 11 wins. Here they are this year where you look back, what, their three losses are combined 16 points, two of them are in overtime. Like, that's that's wild. You know? Like, it just, yeah. it's It's been a really great season. It's not over yet. Um, Arizona's now 15th in the college football playoffs, so even if it was the 12-team playoff like it's going to be next season, they still wouldn't be in. But the buzz, right? And we heard it all the last week or two about, oh, Jed Fish is going to be a guy that looks at these other jobs. Like, that's great. <laughs> It's, it's not a bad thing that Arizona has to work on getting an extension to Jed Fish and to keep him in Tucson, to bring the assistant coaching, you know, the assistant coach money pool, raise that up to keep these guys because that's a sign of a good program. And, yeah, you're not Alabama. You're not Clemson, I guess. You're not Michigan. You're going to be the program that certain schools think they can poach from. But I'd rather be the program that certain schools want to poach from than the one that's like, <laughs> you hired those guys. <laughs> so it's like, it maybe is too soon that Arizona got to this level. It's not a moment too soon for Arizona fans, for the Arizona program in terms of like, wow, like what else is possible now? Because if this is year three, what could year four be? Yeah. And I mean, everything you're, you're hearing Jed Fish even say in the press conference saying like, Hey, I want to make sure I get my assistance paid before I get paid. And like, that goes back to the culture you're trying to build. And like, it's, 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 it's something that's exciting. And you're, you know, you're right to say that, it's it's always something that, that a, a school like Arizona, at least until, you know, if Jed Fish becomes the Lou Olson of Arizona football, which is, too, you know, that's a, an awful lot to ask of any any coach. Um, you know, great. That's not, you know, it's a different time now. But like you said, it's always better to be having guys want to poach your coaches because you're that means you hired well. That means you've had success. And it's a lot easier to, you know, pay the next guys when people are paying the buyouts. But at the end of the day, I think Arizona fans should just stop and enjoy this and not fret about what uh you know what what bad things could happen like we're conditioned to do and just well, and that's enjoy you the say good time. En enjoy this and like i wish i wish we expected this sooner because you know, i've enjoyed this winning streak but i feel like for so much of it's like waiting for the other shoe to drop and that wasn't the case against asia it's more like yeah don't lose this game just please you're better than them but it was never like okay this is a good team and let's watch them keep winning games like okay this is a they won a game can they win the next one all right, they won that game. Can they win the next one? And I mean, it took me probably longer than a lot of people to realize that this is a really good football team. If because it's just, it wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be better, but it wasn't supposed to be really, really good. You know, number 15 in the country, good. And 
just we haven't seen a team like this. I've seen people do like the ranking. I think Justin Spears, one of our friends of the pod, did that. He's like, you know, ranking Arizona football teams in the past, like where this one ranks. And like, I'm not as familiar with the Desert Swarm 90s teams. I know they have to be up there, you know, probably the best ones. But this team is probably the one right after those schools, like those teams. Like it's better than the 2014 team, which was the last legitimately good Arizona Wildcats football team. Like it's been nearly 10 years since we've seen a team be this good. And this team is light years better than that one. And it's just, it gets you excited. Like this season has been great. One more game. The bowl game is the bowl game. It doesn't, winning it, especially if it's against Oklahoma, be just another just feather in the cap, right? Hey, like look at Arizona. Look what's happening in Tucson. You lose that game. It doesn't matter. You got to play in it. You've shown all the improvement needed to boost your recruiting, to boost your NIL with a desert takeover, to just bring that momentum that we knew was a big year for Jed Fish momentum-wise. You know, because you go from zero wins to one win, from someone to him, one win to five. It's like, okay, you got to keep the good times rolling. You got to keep people believing because at some point you're not selling playing time. You have to sell winning games. You have to sell getting to the NFL. Well, okay. They now have winning games and they're going to be sending guys to the NFL. So it's like, there's no reason to think that this thing can't keep getting better. What the ceiling is, I don't know, but how can you not be just so excited about not just what Arizona's done, but what Arizona could do in the very near future. One, what, you know, we, we were there for, you know, senior day. What is there, 15 maybe seniors on this roster? And some of them, I think, with COVID rules, have the possibility of coming back that walked, right? Like, and nothing's guaranteed for next season, right? Even if they all come back, things could change. You're going to a new conference, and just some of the magic that they had this season could disappear. Like, that's possible. Sure. But also possible is growth from the players who are coming back. Yeah. And, and I would, I mean, look at the growth of team act from year one to year two, like we all kind of suspected. Um, and I mean, to some extent, I think, you know, said nobody expected it would be this good this early, but you know, in the preseason, we said if the defense, if it was a big, if the defense can make a leap like the offense did, boy, what is this team ceiling? And well, we said if out, they could just become average or not even average, yeah. decent and just not terrible. They went from terrible to good. Yeah. And they that's, skipped a step or two. Yeah, that's and that's really where the, the the magic has been. And let's you know give give the flowers to you know not just Johnny Nansen, but Chuck Cecil, but you know Dwayne Aquina. I, th- I think Dwayne Aquina's fingerprints are all over the development of the safeties in the secondary. You know those tall corners to Cario Davis, Ephesians Prysock, from you know last year to now. I mean, and even beginning of the season to now, those guys are looking you know like NFL guys all of a sudden. And the you know just like. You know, momentum is a funny thing, Adam. And like when you're having a lot of positive momentum, you can build on that too. I would be willing to bet money that Arizona's football NIL collective donations have gone up in the last month. Uh, and that's, you know, a factor in keeping coaches and keeping talent and adding talent. And, you know, what if there's one thing this coaching staff uh, and, 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 uh, and, and all the analysts on there, because they probably have a big role in this as well. Boy, they've been really good at having a high hit rate on guys they've identified, right? Whether it's through the portal or for for uh, high school recruits, their ability to identify and develop talent has been. I I, I can't recall seeing such a, a high success rate, and even guys that were you know beginning of the season, Gunnar Maldonado. I mean, we were all kind of dumping on him, and by the end of the season, those last couple of games. He's looking like a legit player. Like he could have been Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week this last week with the game he had against ASU, right? Dalton Johnson, I always thought was a guy that had some potential, and now he's like living up to it all of a sudden. You're seeing this this growth. You're seeing the development. You're seeing, you know, the benefits of the culture that it just feeds itself. You know, it's it's a fun time to be an Arizona fan, and it's 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 really exciting and hopefully we can get a uh, contract extension before, you know, the portal opens up and signing day and all of these things and keep the, keep the good times flowing. For sure. For sure. It is a really good time to be an Arizona Wildcats football fan and basketball too, but you know, there's really nothing that's happened in basketball since Arizona beat Michigan state, but let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Brian Peterson, the managing editor of azdesertswarm.com to give his thoughts on Arizona football and what happened because of course he's been covering the team all year and he has a different perspective than we do as just, you know, fans who were in the stands. Welcome back. It is Wildcat Radio 2.0. And as promised, we're joined by Brian Peterson of azdesertswarm.com. Good guy, good reporter, kind of my boss in a way, too. So, you know, happy to have him on. And, you know, Brian, welcome back to Wildcat Radio 2.0. You're still not getting that raise. Yeah, well, I, you know, 
doesn't hurt to, I guess, passively aggressively ask for one. But, you know, it sounds like we could stick with that. It sounds like Jed Fish and his assistants are about to get a raise, right? Is that uh, that's what's happening with Arizona football after this great season? Yeah, I mean, he all but um, acknowledged that he's getting an extension on Monday when he mentioned that before he gets a contract, he wants to take care of his assistants. And as, as much as they need to pay him more uh, to hold on to him, uh, the assistants are even more vulnerable for poaching because of the amount of money that goes around for that and, and the opportunity to try to promote guys by luring them with money. When, uh, when Fish was hired three years ago, his uh, pool of money for the staff was $3.7 million for the 10 full-time assistants, and then I, I think some goes to support and all that. Uh, it's probably going to be over five, um, which would be a realistic number to, to be able to help add to everyone's salary to be able to hold on. They may still end up losing someone. Who knows? Uh, the opportunities could be there. As far as Jed himself, um, I, I'd imagine he's probably going to get something in the five range, uh, which would put him uh, toward the upper half of the conference, which it, it's mo- both a rewarding of what he's been able to do, but also a, a, a little bit of uh, insurance for not just uh, this offseason, but future ones when it comes to schools that may be interested. Well, and I know for Arizona, a lot of fans, it's like, okay, this has been a great season. I'm just not in a college football playoff. There's no Rose Bowl, unfortunately. It's like, okay, what happens when Jed Fish leaves? And every ASU fan was like, oh, yeah, well, when Jed Fish goes to UCLA or he goes to Michigan State or wherever it's going to be, it's like, okay, that's probably not going to happen. But at the same time, I think we're all on the same patron that if the right school comes calling, there's pretty much no amount of money that Arizona can offer Jed Fish that would get him to stay, right? I mean, I'm sure he likes Tucson. He likes what he's building at U of A. But do you get the impression, I mean, there's maybe, say, Florida, if that job were to open up with the money they could offer and what they can offer just in terms of being that program that if they come calling, it doesn't matter what Arizona pays Jed Fish this season, you know, or what this extension looks like, that he would go for certain jobs? Yeah. And in fact, Florida, I think he would pay to take that job because he he's <laughs> has such a connection to that school where he got his start. The whole story about him leaving notes on Steve Spurrier's windshield every day, trying to get a, a, a talk with him to be able to get some sort of a GA position and all that. I think that would by far be the one. And Florida um, has the kind of schedule next year that they could easily uh, fire Billy Napier halfway through if it's off to a bad start to try to get a jump on that. Uh, the same goes for UCLA, though I think UCLA, it would take a lot more money to be able to lure him away. But there, there is just this realization that Arizona fans have to understand that no matter how good Arizona may get, it's not one of the top X number of jobs in college football, both in terms of uh, reputation, resources, all that. And it's never going to be. And it's it's foolish to think that it can be that on a consistent basis. And when that's in the part of the, the equation, your coach, if they're successful, is always going to be vulnerable to getting taken away. Uh, men's basketball, not so much, though there's been attempts to try to lure Sean Miller almost left for Maryland at one point. It's just that there are certain programs that will try, but it's harder on the basketball side. But football, you know, if I mean, if if uh, Alabama, when when Nick Saban retires and Greg Byrne, former Arizona AD, is like, I really want that guy. Jed's not going to say no. You're not going to turn down Alabama. That's just a complete hypothetical. But there's a handful of those schools. Like as I mean, Jonathan Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. That's his alma mater, but that's a program that he can only do so much with. And these guys are ambitious, and they're always going to want to try to do something even greater. And Michigan State has a lot more resources and just a lot more overall prestige in its history. So he couldn't say no to that job. I'm, I'm I'm glad you've come here to take our uh, first segment's unbridled optimism back down to making us sad about thinking about Jed Fish leaving. Um, <laughs> That's my bad. I I started. Us there. No, but you know, I, you know, I, I'd be curious. You know, while we're on the the subject, you know, and maybe this is not necessarily what is most likely or what's best for Jed Fish, but I almost wonder if it's best for the Arizona program if and when Jed Fish leaves. It's not even necessarily for another college program. It could be for a pro program. 
where it's it's not leaving one school for another one, but for you know the almighty NFL. Is that am I wrong in that thinking? Uh, no, I mean, and that's that's not a completely unrealistic possibility considering all of his connections. Um, whether that would, I mean, there might be some team that uh, some NFL owner that is like, I really like to see what he's done building there. Let's see if he can do it at the pro level. Those don't work often, but. Um, he has a, he never goes a press conference without making some sort of NFL reference. So if if the right opportunity or frankly any head coaching opportunity NFL open, I'd be hard for him to say no to that. But like from looking at it from the program in general, um, if Arizona were to have its coach leave for another job, that's usually a good sign that things have gotten better. And if you've established a well enough foundation beyond just the on-field results, better facilities, better resources, better just desire of players, better engagement from the community, fan support and all that, then there is the opportunity to sustain that. And the closest that Arizona has been in my lifetime is in the 80s when uh, Larry Smith, did really well here. And then UCLA, excuse me, USC jumped in and said, Hey, we want your coach. And who did they end up hiring? Dick Tomey, who was the winningest coach in school history. There was already a a little bit of a foundation set. And then they bring in somebody who can continue that. That is a tricky thing. But if you have enough pieces there and you get the right person, you don't have to assume that it's going to be like when you fire a coach that you have to start over. Um, there's better opportunities to continue it, but it, there still takes some work. Well, and t- to that point, we've, I think we've talked about it on this pod a number of times, at least Adam and I have. It's, it's a much better financial position to be in, not only just program-wise, but financial p- program-wise, when somebody's paying you to hire your coach, then, uh, then you're paying them $10 million to go away. And that is that is that a safe assumption with whatever extension Jed Fish signs that there will be uh, you know, a financial, uh, you know, safety net for the Arizona uh, yeah. athletic department. Yeah. When he signed his extension last year, the, the buyout, if he were to leave by the end of this November would have been six and a half. And then it would go down to five and a half during the second season and, and consequently down. I'd imagine it's going to be at least 10 million. Um, and maybe even more significant during that first season because of the possibility of, UCLA and Florida opening next year and beyond that. And and while that doesn't deter a coach from leaving, and it certainly doesn't deter most schools from, from poaching a coach because they probably were willing to spend the money to get rid of one. So they are going to be willing to spend the money to get the other then. um, But that, that does help provide a little bit of a cushion for the program that's losing their coach that they can put that money towards the next one um, as far as a little bit of an enticement or maybe even having to pay that to get somebody else's coach. Now, of course, we're talking about Jed Fish here possibly leaving or getting pushed because his Arizona Wildcats this season went 9-3, and 7-2 and two in the Pac-12, ranked 15th in the college football playoff. Brian, you've covered this team all season. You were up them, you know, followed them up to ASU and were there for that game. That wasn't a surprising win, whether that effect was a blowout or that they beat ASU. I think a lot of us expected that. But the way this season went, the way this season finished on this monster winning streak with a handful of bloods, like Brent and I were saying, like 2014 was kind of fluky. How Arizona got to some of those wins, right? The, 2014 the, was the luckiest 10-win season exactly. in football. This season is not that. This season has no. been more like the most dominant nine-win teams. You'll see nine-win seasons, possibly 10, if they win their bowl game. Like this, it, it's almost too soon for them to be this good and yet they are this good is it like how did they get here how did they get to the point where we're talking after year three of jed fish about him possibly going somewhere else because his team went nine and three and is probably going to the alamo bowl yeah um i mean it it was uh, a process uh, for you know lack of a better word that hasn't been overused that the the first season was just a, a total tear down and i almost feel like losing to nau as embarrassing as that was for the program, probably helped move things along quicker because it it both showed like the money people and all that. See, do you see what I'm dealing with here? How bad it is and how much you need to invest to make this better. Um, and then leading into that, being able to 
focused so much on the offense the first season and then the defense the second season kind of doing it in steps that um, we saw that improvement from year one to two on the offensive side. The defense got worse, but it was still a good enough offense in college is good enough to win you five games, no matter how bad your defense is. They needed to beef up that side and they focused that and, you know, worked on the plan that Johnny Nansen had as far as rotation of players and whatnot. And to be sitting here where they have only allowed 250 points in 12 games, whereas I think they gave up 250 points in the first seven games of last year is, is just amazing. But it probably the, the most amazing thing is just they, um, other than that first quarter against Mississippi State, they really haven't looked bad at any Ever. point. There's yeah. been some, some off stretches, some multiple possessions. The, the Stanford game was a little iffy and all that. And who knows what, how, uh, how that turns out if Jaden Delora doesn't get hurt and ends up finishing that game and how the whole season is. But you can't really uh, look back on that, but they just, I've kept thinking that at some point there'd be like a stinker and do the old, well, lose to someone you should beat. And that just never happened. And, you know, not to put you on the spot, Adam or anything, but I do remember you doing a column when they were three and three about, you know, maybe they won't be bolos will that year this year, but that doesn't mean that they haven't gotten better. And people go, what are you saying? No, if they don't. And, what do you know? They they just win every game after that. Well, yeah, I only re- reshare my old columns that are proven right, not the ones that are proven wrong. So thanks for bringing that up. I oh wait, was <laughs> I supposed to delete that from the site? Okay, <laughs> yeah, wiping from the but but right because like this season they had the tough schedule. We knew that, and they looked okay through the first little bit, and then you lose Delore, and it's like okay, we don't know what Noah Theta is, and he comes in, and just everything changes. The offense finds its groove. The defense keeps getting better mm. and is it just as simple as getting the right players because i'm i'm one of those people who i mean i still like jay and delora i think they could have won some of these games with him but i can't discount i don't think anyone can discount what noble Fita did but the defense all season long no matter who they faced, kept them in games or even probably won them some games which is something that they didn't have last season they haven't had probably since the stoops years like it just mm-hmm. seems like the way they got to this point is not how any of us expected them to do it and here they are and what they've done seems more repeatable it seems like a much stronger foundation than a smoke and mirrors just working on big plays you know chucking it down the field and getting some of those hey t-mac just got you know caught a ball in double coverage that's how they won no they've had a solid offense and a defense mm-hmm. that has done what it needed to do game in game out no matter who the opponent was whatever type of offense they were facing like that it just seems like a really repeatable really solid foundation this season you would hope, and, and that, that is the next step. So when Rich Rod won 10 games in 2014, his third season, uh, after having good seasons the first two years, eight and five, it massively raised expectations, um, maybe too much, and just assumed that 10 wins is now going to be a standard, rather than looking at that as an outlier. And Arizona goes from one to five to, to at least nine. Um, there is just as much of a likelihood that they could be eight and four next year uh, based on how their schedule is and how the team is, which is a good season. But if people look at that as a backslide, then that's, it's a slippery slope because I've I've said it for so long that, that Arizona is a program that should be content with winning seven to nine games a year with some outliers above and below, but to think that, because they go 10 and three this year that they're going to compete for uh, the big 12 championship every year. And that they're going to be in playoff contention every year is just unrealistic. Um, You, you do see these teams that make these leaps up and down Colorado won 10 games like six years ago and look how far they fell. I mean, Missouri is having a great year this year, but is that something that they're going to be able to do every year? Um, their fans probably think so because it's happened that way, but it's funny how, when a team, a program is struggling that you feel they can do better, but when they're doing really well, you don't consider that it can actually drop back. So that's an interesting point you make. And I, you know, I'm kind of thinking through, uh, you know, uh, looking back, you, you, you know, you mentioned the comment of the NAU game was very clarifying of what aligning resources were. And I would even go back to say, I remember the 70 to seven night, you know, I thought that was a clarifying. I don't. 
I, it was a, well, I got fuzzy there towards the end for us, Adam. Um, you know, I I don't know if Arizona gets a Jed Fish without or is willing to take a chance on a Jed Fish without seventy to seven. I'm not even sure they move on from uh, Kevin Sumlin, and I wonder if oh they would have. Well, remember how bad the financial situation was at the time, too. And I guess to even your your point, Brian, where, you know, fan expectations are such that like we 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 talk about all this all the time where you keep waiting for Arizona to have the half step back. And Arizona's Uh fans are so, you know, the 20 straight losses are still so ingrained in people's mind. Do do you think that this like the, the perks of hitting rock bottom started this and bouncing along the bottom maybe gives a little bit more. I, you know, patience uh, and and appreciation for the eight win seasons among the fan base because they've exp- they've been through the pain and they they understand what it takes and understand how bad it can actually get. Uh, no, because recency bias only. Uh, I mean, it's it's a hell of a drug. Um, like, I mean, gosh, even during loot in the nineties, you know, they uh. They lost back-to-back first round to a 14 and a 15 and then made the final four in 94 and then lost in the first round in 95 and people wanted to run them out. out, out they're like, oh, see, you can't even go anywhere. Like, you know, stop it. Calm down. Um, and, I mean, Sean Miller gets to, a, what, three Elite Eights in his first five or six seasons and then has a first-round exit and it's, oh, he's a bum. He can't do it. And... Um, Rich Rod, I think, went seven and six after the ten and four, and it's like, uh, nope. I just, I think that unfortunately, fans look at it as once you get good, you can never back off. And this might be weird to say, but having this even the slightest bit of regression next year might actually keep him, keep Jed, because it's harder to get, uh, you know, sell the fan base of another school on a coach that had an off year then um, I mean, it sometimes works. Auburn hired Gene Chizik after he went three and nine at Iowa state and he ended up winning a national championship. So anything is possible, but um, it's a lot easier to sell people on a coach who just came off a big season than off one who that their most recent season wasn't their biggest season. But speaking of sales, though, to, to prevent that backslide, ideally, it seems like Jed Fish and his coaching staff have a lot more to sell recruits, a lot more to sell players oh, in the transfer sure. portal in terms of like, you know, it used to be you have playing time and we have a vision. Now it's you can win. And of course, when Jordan Morgan gets drafted, when Jacob Cowan gets drafted, when they send guys to the NFL, it's like it feels like Arizona is in as good a position to bring about sustained success, whether that's seven, eight, nine wins a season than they've been in a long time in that. What else do they need to keep up at this level? Maybe that's the question. If they're going to to prevent a backside or prevent any kind of significant backside, you know, dropping to three wins, four wins, do they have what they need in terms of momentum, in terms of resources to continue this upward trajectory, or at least not take a big dip? Yeah, yeah. And and I wouldn't think I'm not thinking of something like that. I'm thinking of dropping like to seven and five kind of thing. The horror. Uh, they're going to be playing 10 Big Ten, Big 12 teams next year since they're going to Kansas State. Um, and yeah, that, that's going to be a tough schedule, no matter how it's set up and you are going to be losing a lot of veterans. And while you've developed a lot of your own players, uh, you are going to need to be filling in a left tackle and, uh, some running back depth and another receiver and a tight end and several guys on the defensive line, uh, plus a punter and all these that you, uh, maybe haven't you don't have the, that next guy waiting in the wings that is, is just like sitting there. Um, so there is, uh, is that going to be from this freshman class? Is it going to be from the portal? The portal definitely helps lessen the chance of, of having that, that big slide. If you don't also fall victim to the portal and losing players and, you know, having someone like a Dorian singer leave last year, uh, you know, on, at, at the time really hurt them because he was somebody that was going to be a big part of this. But maybe the, his lack of numbers at USC is something that um, they can at least internally be go, be careful where you go and your reasons for going, because if it's just money, then 
you know, there's nothing, there's only so much we can do about that. But if you were thinking that that was going to be a better opportunity to, to, to uh, raise your stock, it, the grass isn't always greener. Uh, and he, Jed kind of alluded to that uh, yesterday in his presser when he said, when there's sometimes things that are outside of our control, uh, he's referring to, you know, someone being able to offer more money to a star player. And, uh, but then also pointed out that there's always going to be some surprises. And I, uh, walking out of the stadium on Saturday night with Michael Lev from the star, I, I made a, a prediction that Colorado's going to steal one of Arizona's starters. That's just, I, I just feel like that'll happen because if there's a school that's going to do it in, in the conference, I think Colorado would be the one that would do it. I don't know who it would be or something, you know, it could be. Heck, I mean, just throwing a name out there like a Raymond Polito, you know, who uh, could maybe get uh, a nice big deal to go there. That's just a complete hypothetical, but it, it could happen. And there's only so much you can do on your own. Sometimes, I mean, Singer was getting plenty from Arizona, but USC offered more. Well, do you and do you think? I mean, you were at the press conference. <laughs> do you think that Jed Fish, when he's talking about some of these guys and how he, you know, the grass isn't always greener, and you know, there's things that are going for the money. Do you think he's <laughs> he's accidentally talking to himself in some of that, or does that does that land with him when he's making that sales pitch to kids? Does he look in the mirror and say the same thing? Uh, you would like to think so, but. Uh... You know, there's an ego that comes with coaches where, like, they always want feel like they can they can win and do wherever. And um, when when you're the coach, you're not competing with other coaches for playing time. So it's a little bit of a, a different dynamic where you, you know, a quarterback goes to another school, but there's other quarterbacks. You're not guaranteed to be the person who's running things and doing it. Whereas you know, you go to another school, well, there, there's nobody else in your way and you have that massive cushion and all that. If, if, if college players with their uh, NIL deals and all that kind of stuff had like guarantees where if they stopped getting playing time or anything like that, that they would still be, uh, you know, that, or that there was no reason to go to another school, then I could see that being the same, but, but it's, it's a different animal. Speaking of different animals here. And before we let you go, Brian, I know you were covering Arizona men's basketball too, against Michigan state. You were out there in Palm Springs. I mean, Brian, I have talked about basketball, this team it's early, but they seem to be hitting pretty much every single note. We thought they would need to, to be a final four type of team that they have the depth. They have the size, they have the athleticism, they have shooting, they have the aggressive backcourt. I mean, it's early again, but this mm-hmm. team is looking like a really, really dangerous squad, huh? Well, the Duke game and the Michigan State game are the, really the only ones that you, you should look at so far because the other four were just walkovers at home. Uh, and in both of those games had so many similarities. You're, you're playing away from home. Uh, you find yourself up early, give up the lead, but then show no panic once you fall behind and run away with it at the end, just, you know, be able to control at the end you have, and you're doing it with um, thanks to the, 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 the presence of having two guys that played in national championship games in the past two years is just, you can't put a price on that. And it's those two, those two guys. I mean, Caleb Love has been great in both of the games down the stretch in terms of not making mistakes. And Kishad Johnson has just been, I mean, he scored the winning basket in both of the games. And um, last year's team didn't have that. They didn't have the, what do we do when it doesn't go right kind of thing. And I actually, the, the moment where I first really kind of noticed it was, so Arizona was up maybe, uh, they were up 15 in the first half and Michigan state got it down to like seven um, late in the first half. And, you know, the crowd, the Michigan State people are starting to get super into it. And rather than call a timeout, Tommy Lloyd just kind of puts his hands down low, just kind of like, all right, calm down, just just do it. And they they ran a possession. I don't think they scored, but then they defended on the other end. And then Caleb hits a three-pointer uh, at the buzzer. So it's back up to 10. And it's just like there was no panic. It's, um, 
like Tommy doesn't call a timeout when it gets like that. He's just like, I'm going to let these guys do it, do it and kind of figure it out on their own. And the, the eight that have been the main guys, none of them seem to play, you know, out of control or do anything crazy. Um, and it's, it's really worked well. The, the Wisconsin game a week from Saturday should be fun. And then December 16th, unless something changes, it's going to be a one versus two Arizona Purdue, which get yourself that Peacock subscription now, because that's the only way you're going to be able to watch that game. Which makes all the sense in the world. So yeah, can't wait for that. I actually don't have well, a subscription that, yet. I might use Brett's. The, uh, that could have been the Pac-12 future, you know, the, uh, the Apple TV plus program. <laughs> if only. <laughs> well, Brian, of course, you have Brian Pearson, the site manager for azdesertsform.com. Is there anything that you want to plug that he's coming on the pike? No, no. Right now we're kind of in a little uh, lull here waiting for, I wouldn't be surprised if as soon as Wednesday there's some announcement about an extension. I don't know if details of the, the financial will come out. That may wait um, until um, the next Board of Regents meeting, which there isn't one scheduled till February, but they might do one sooner than that. Um, but that could come up, uh, men's basketball and women's basketball play again this weekend. Uh, the portal opens next Monday. We'll find out the bowl game this Sunday. Um, I, I would put money on it being the Alamo bowl, um, most likely against Oklahoma, unless something with the playoff, uh, causes a shakeup. There's a non-zero chance that if Oregon beats Washington at a super close game and a couple other things happen, that the Pac-12 could get two teams into the playoffs, and I think then they're still guaranteed to get a team to play in uh, a non-playoff game in that, which would be Arizona to the Fiesta Bowl, but almost certainly it's going to be the Alamo Bowl. We'll look forward to all that, of course. AZDidaSwarm.com is the website. You can find all the news, all the notes, everything Arizona Athletics. Brian Peterson, we appreciate the time as always, and yeah, we'll catch up with you again down the road soon. All right, thanks for having me, guys. All right, that's Brian Peterson. We come back from this break, give you our final thoughts on everything Arizona athletics. Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. Thanks again to Brian Peterson for giving us his thoughts on Arizona football and basketball, too, where they're going. Brett, got some news and notes. Speaking of Arizona football, I mean, Brian mentioned they wouldn't be surprised if some guys going portaling. One guy, Stevie Rocker Jr., decided to go portaling. No surprise there, right? And I think that's kind of the idea of where most of us probably think that if Arizona loses guys to the ports, we players who are leaving because they just know they see no path to playing time. NIL, we can't predict what he, somebody might be offered. But in terms of like key guys, if there's playing time, we kind of expect them to stay. Stevie Rocker Jr. was not going to get playing time, so it makes sense for him to go. Yeah, and I, I wish Stevie Rocker well. I think you know he got some early play on some bad teams and showed flashes of somebody that you know, especially on on bad teams, like hey, that guy's got some talent. And some size and athleticism, but it's a it's a sign of where Arizona's roster is today, and with with the guys that are coming in, that it's you know that the, the path to playing time lies elsewhere, and hopefully he does well. Yeah, for sure. But of course, anything else like Arizona men's basketball was up to number two in the AP poll. That's I mean, it's not a surprise to us. Maybe it's a surprise that happened so fast, but we knew going into the season they could be pretty good. They've certainly played like it. Um, but yeah, it sounds like Jed Fish can be getting that contract extension soon, and. I mean, it should happen, right? <laughs> like yeah. it, it's absolutely necessary, and it's only the message. Like, I think if you're Arizona, you're going to say, it's just to show Jetfish that you can take care of him to the best of your abilities. And there is a cap. That's a qualifier, right? There is certain things that they cannot compete with. In certain schools and programs, they cannot compete with financially, prestige-wise, whatever. But if you do everything you can to show Jetfish that you are serious about keeping him and helping him compete in the Big 12 going forward, then that's all you can do. That's all you can ask for. So getting him an extension, getting his assistance, more money, that's all part of that. Yeah, and I, you know, we as Brian mentioned, we may not see the details for a while. I'm going to be real curious to see what the buyout is because that that tells me a lot about how serious and, and, and the long-term health of the, the program, but also how much Jed Fish, uh, you know, how fast it trends down is how quickly he's looking to potentially leave down the road for that right job. But, you know, all good things. Yeah, and one other thing that Jed Fish mentioned in his press conference this week, he was actually about players sitting out the bowl game. And he mentioned that he doesn't anticipate too many guys doing it, but he's like, if you're a first-round pick or something like that, he can understand it. Probably, wink, wink, hint, hint, Jordan Morgan probably <laughs> yeah. played his last game for the Arizona Wildcats. And I remember when people started, no one's announced they're sitting out. So this is all just conjecture and speculation. 
remember when guys first started, I think it was like Christian McCaffrey set out Stanford's bowl game. It was this huge deal. Remember Bruce Aarons is like, I don't want to draft a player who's at a bowl game. Now, a few years later, a handful of years later, it's like, okay, it makes a lot of sense, right? If you have nothing else to prove, if it's not a playoff game, you're not winning a championship. To extend that, I mean, I can understand Jordan Morgan wanted to play in the bowl game because he hasn't. But otherwise, your NFL future, you're coming off a big knee injury. You're pretty much assuredly a first-round pick. Like, what's the point of risking injury in a game that, I mean, it, it's nice to win, but it's not a must-win, right? Well, and it's a different thing for a guy like Jordan Morgan coming, like you, like you said, he's already come off a, a knee injury. He's basically a first round pick. It's not like a guy who's, you know, maybe hoping to get drafted where I think he should have every incentive to want to show the competitor that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, from an Arizona fan perspective, one of the big question marks next year is who's going to replace him. And maybe you see Raymond Polito out there at left tackle uh, or or Jake Bo- Joe Joe Borjon, easy for me to say. Like you get a you get a game's look of who what the line might look like next season. Yeah. And and if it's if it is against Oklahoma, you're going to get against some some real talent, right? Uh, so it's it's going to be a good springboard and experience for those guys that you know hopefully can turn into good things for next year. And of course, by the time people listen to this, maybe it's announced that Arizona is going to the bowl game, which one it is, or maybe extensions are announced. But what do you think of the Alamo Bowl? Uh, I selfishly kind of wanted to go to the Holiday Bowl just because I love San Diego and the breweries there. Uh, a little bit easier pro- to get to than San Antonio, right? Yeah, indeed. The Fiesta Bowl I, would be even easier than, you know, oh, San sure. Diego. But also, I'm pretty sure the, the payout to the university that could use all the dollars for the various for, for various reasons is a couple million dollars higher for the Alamo Bowl. So, you know, I, I like it. Um, I th- and I think if it's the Oklahoma game, it'll be a good matchup. and It'll be a good test of, you know, just how... How you know one last test for how legit this year's team is? You know, you say it's interesting. I, they are legit, right? Like yeah. nothing's fluky. Like they've proven that. But yeah, when you can get on the stage against a premier program, you know what? I guess I guess it was never going to be a Big Twelve matchup because they were leaving before Arizona was ever going. But like Arizona, I think has proven themselves. But you get a chance to go on a national stage like that. The Alamo Bowl is a big game. If Oklahoma is playing, people are going to be watching. And if you play well, the last time I think Arizona was in the Alamo Bowl against Oklahoma State, it did not go well. But that was different. Like that team did not go into the bowl season playing its best football. This team absolutely is with a lot of young players. And I think that's one of the things about this team with going forward is that they do have a lot of young players who have shown that they can play at a high level and are only going to get better. And Judd Fish talked about that extra couple weeks of practice, right? He's like, the first week is going to be like young guys getting guys reps who they haven't, haven't gotten a lot of reps just to see what they can do and all that. Then you start game prepping with your practices. But like what Arizona football has done this season, it's not unprecedented, but in recent history, it's something entirely new, entirely different. And it just feels like they're building. It feels like the bowl game and their practices and everything like that is just another step. And yes, you worry about who they might lose to the portal. But otherwise, I get everything about this team, everything about this program just seems to be going up, up and up. Yeah. And I and I don't want to uh, smirch our beloved Wildcats by saying they're not already legit. But, you know, there's the, as you move closer to the top, the, the cha- you know, the, the, the bosses get bigger in video game parlance. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Oklahoma is a team that not only already has nine wins, it already has 10 wins, including against a likely college football playoff, Texas uh, at Texas. Right. Um, so it's it's going to be a fun challenge. It's going to be, I think, a fun game. I think Arizona's, you know, Jordan Morgan may be sitting the game out, maybe some other guys as well. Notwithstanding, I'm sure Oklahoma will have some similar things. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm I'm I I'm just I'm very excited to see how this team attacks a bowl game because they you know they've they've proven all year that they don't uh, they're they're not satisfied with the last win and, and they I'm don't shrink from see. the big moment either. Exactly. I'm I'm so. very excited to see how they react. And I wonder if that's where Jed Fish's NFL experience, and he has coached a bowl game. He mentioned the press conference with UCLA when he was the interim coach. But I wonder if his NFL experience in terms of like, okay, you know, like for planning for a Super Bowl, right? He was on the staff with the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl. But it's like, okay, you have that extra time in between games. Like, how do you manage that? How do you get yeah, These are kids. These are college kids. And some of them have played in bowl games. That's a nice thing. A lot of these guys, actually, some of the key guys have, you know, but not your quarterback, not, you know, bulk of your offense, but some of your defensive guys have played in bowl games, have prepped for bowl games. Like Bill Norton has a lot to add, I think, to those conversations. Mm-hmm. But it's just, yeah, very exciting. Like we haven't thought about an Arizona bowl game since 2017. <laughs> it's been a while, <laughs> and even that, I think, it was like the like the Foster Farms Bowl or something like that. It wasn't any high level bowl game. 
was it the Foster Farms Bowl? That's what came into my head. But like this is the Alamo Bowl. It's not a it's not a you know New Year's Six one. It's not a playoff game, but it is a high level bowl game that Arizona deserves to be in, and that's cool. They didn't back their way. Yeah. Remember the, remember the days? Was it was it the New Mexico Bowl that was sponsored by Gildan, and they had a gimmick because they're like a undershirt and underwear company where people were like dropping their pants to show off their Gildan <laughs> underwear. Like, the game the, and... <laughs> like the Pop-Tart Bowl announced they're going to have like an edible mascot, like an actual Pop-Tart <laughs> that the winning team gets to eat. <laughs> we're, we're in strange times, Adam. <laughs> what a time to be alive, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're an edible mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Applying for that job's got to be like, what's the interview process like? The audition in terms of like, how delicious are you? <laughs> You're, you're gonna get you're gonna get a weird group of people signing up to volunteer <laughs> for sure, but yeah. So we'll find out Arizona's bowl game in the next like week or so. Of course, we're likely to hear about extensions for Jed Fish and Arizona men's basketball, women's basketball. They're gonna have some games coming up too. Um, so a lot of stuff just because football season, like football season, is still not over, which is awesome. Um, and this team deserves to keep playing, deserves to have one more big game. But eventually, we'll transition to the basketball as like the main thing of this show because you know when you have good programs, we want to talk about them as well. But, Brett, I think that about wraps up our show this week. Of course, you can find us on the social media at Wildcat Radio AZ. We often ask a mailbag. Just send us your questions. Even if we don't, feel free to ask us a question on there. We'll get to it on our next show. Um, of course, you probably found us on iTunes or Spotify. You can subscribe to us on each of those platforms and leave us a rating. On iTunes, you can leave us a review. And if you leave us a review, we will read it on the air. Brett, any new reviews this week? Sadly, there's not, Adam. That's okay. That's not our fault. That is our listeners' fault. So get on that. Leave us some reviews so we can read them on the air. See, maybe I've just been mean to them. No, no. We really appreciate y'all listening. Of course, it's been a lot of fun this season, this football season. Just, you know, they're winning, and winning is fun. So hopefully, you've had a lot of fun with us, and we're not done yet. So whatever happens with Arizona athletics over the next week, we will talk about our next show. But until then, have a good week. Remember to bear down. Bear down.